Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Thanks for coming today. We are here today with my co-host, JC. Hey, Hey, JC. It's a pleasure to be back, Wendy. Great to see you. Yes, you too. You too. Hey, we have an amazing guest today that um, I've just met, but JC actually already knows. Her name is Jen Kedick, and she is an expert at all things assisted living and elder care. She's like, I am? I am? (laughs) So what I am so excited to talk to you about is about how elder care affects the workplace. Obviously, you know, we're here on the on the Aurora Training Advantage podcast with the HR lady. We're in the HR space. And boy, oh boy, have things changed, right? Oh, they have. Oh, my goodness. We're so much. I, I I could fill a whole hour with just caregiving alone. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we definitely want to talk about this because we want to help our people that are listening today. We want to help them first by starting out just talking about the realities of elder elder care responsibility. So before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about you and how did you end up in in the elder care and assisted living space? Well, I can tell you this, you, you don't work in my industry without having a passion for it. And another thing is that everybody has a story. So, you know, like what caused you to care, have a passion about elderly care and all of that. And, um, you know, my story was my husband's grandmother and she got really sick and went into a rehab. And I was like, how can we make this better? How can things just get better? Then we dealt with hospice and a whole bunch of other things. And it really opened my eyes to what we have going on um, as far as elder care and misunderstanding and misconceptions and all of that. So I'm here just to educate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. Um, interesting little tidbit about me is that my uh, my first two degrees are in healthcare administration. And then I ended up in the HR space and went back and got another degree. But one of my first professional jobs ever, it was an internship, was at a um, assisted living or a daycare, an adult daycare. And then I've worked in the assisted living space and I have clients in that space. And whoa, it's a lot. I mean, those HR in that space is crazy and insane because you're not only dealing with the employees, you're dealing with, you know, people that may be possibly um, uh, suffering from dementia and, and so on. And so, it, you know, my hat's my hat's off to you for, for handling, willingly being in that space and being the sounding board to so many families that, that need you. So thank you for doing that. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here and, you know, just really talk about assisted living itself or just elder care and not let even talk about work, but let's just talk about, you know, what are the realities of elder care responsibilities as a fellow human? Oh, so much. So basically the, let's talk about genera- generation X right now. We are in the sandwich situation where we are caring for our boomer parents, but also raising our kids. I'm lucky enough not to have to do that, but I am currently a caregiver to my parents. So what it's just there's so much stress involved in it. There's so much are you're going to work and you're like, is mom and dad okay? You're going shopping and and making sure that you're getting their favorite treats because they only er, eat certain things. It's it's 
can be extremely rewarding knowing that you're there taking care of them, but at the same time, extremely stressful. So the realities of elder care period is whether they're living with you or they're living in their own space because they refuse to leave their home or if they're living in assisted living, you're always going to be that caregiver. Yeah, it really is. And it, and it's again, even if they're not living with you, you still have to, well, you should be, I would hope you're going to go see them before work, after work, you know, weekends, nights, and it is incredibly stressful, you know, because we're not stressed enough in the world that we have to add this too. And, and it's an honor to take care of somebody, but it is incredibly stressful. So later on, uh, for the folks that may be new listening to our podcast, we have a five part series. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we're going to talk about how the workplace can affect change and help your employees as well. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but holy moly, I can't even imagine being a full-time caregiver and having a full-time job. Well, honestly, think about this. Let's, let's just, let's just paint a picture here. Your mother or father has to be at chemo at 6 15 in the morning and they are not living with you. They are not yet driving. So you have to wake up at four to get over there, to get them out of bed, get them dressed. And they're still like, I don't want to get up, but I don't have to do this, but you do have to do this. So you're struggling to get them. So you get them there, get them signed up for chemo, all the while knowing you have to be at work by nine o'clock. Right. Because that's your job. And knowing that you can't, there's there's maybe some wiggle room and maybe not before there wasn't wiggle room. There just wasn't. Now people are becoming a little bit more awake in that situation where but again, there's always going to be that worry, especially for us. How is this going to affect my work job, how, my, right. my workspace? How is this going to, you know, and then after you get them off chemo, there's going, you're going home and ha- making sure they're comfortable. Do you have enough to eat? Here, dad, here's your chair, here's your newspaper, here's your favorite television show. And then you're calling all day while you're at work to make sure that your dad's okay because right. he went through chemo that morning. So then you get off of work at what, five if you have children, you got to make sure that they're set. Hopefully your husband is a great support in this and he's got the kids while you go home and make sure dad and mom have dinner that night. Right. Sometimes as a caregiver, you're not getting getting home until 930. You're slapping your husband in the hand and going, good night, because I got to get up at four in the morning again and do this all over. Oh, man, it is rough. It is rough for sure. I think JC has some statistics he wants to share with us. Absolutely, Wendy. Thank you. Over one sixth of Americans who work either full time or part time report helping to care for an aging or disabled loved one. Let that be a family member, acquaintance or relative. At least 15 hours a week are given by caregivers and they report that this support had a major impact on their ability to do their jobs. And in the United States, 18 to 22% of workers look after an aging, ill, or disabled family member. In 2021 and 2022, 37.1 million people gave unpaid care to senior citizens. Back to you. Wow. So for our employers or employer representatives that are listening today, 18 to 22% of workers are looking after someone else, uh, you know, an aging, ill, or disabled family member. That is a lot of multitasking, a lot of stress. Stress causes healthcare problems amongst the people who are taking care of the people that are ill. It's like a vicious cycle. And, you know, we're not going to get into politics because we'll be here forever and we'll probably have to burn the place down. But, you know, we're kind of on our own doing this, right? 
we are we are on our own um there but again there are multiple resources outside of the workplace that is a whole again a whole nother podcast but being on your own it's not about being on your nose about feeling that you're on your own because a lot of people don't want to talk about their personal lives at work like how do you go to your boss and go i've got this going on thinking oh no it'll be no problem they'll completely understand there's still that fear of how am i going to balance this whole thing and somehow we just have backbones of titanium and we make it work somehow but having that opportunity to go to your employer and go hey look i'm getting up at four in the morning to take dad to chemo maybe i'm not going to make it at night is there any way that maybe i can work from home for a couple of hours in the morning you know and sit with my dad to make sure he's all good you know having an employer be open to that conversation would help with this stress tremendously right Right. Versus trying to hide it. Right. Oh, I just got in here 10 minutes late again. I hope nobody noticed versus, hey, I had to take my my dad to this treatment. Um, I'll work through lunch. Sure. No problem. Or no, don't do that. It doesn't matter. You know, as long as you get the job done. But, you know, our, our laws are set up so just ugh, weird. I was just doing a, a training uh, earlier today. And I was talking about just the Fair Labor Standards Act, you know, hourly versus salaried and, and the, the, the part about, you know, well, if your people are super productive, but they're hourly and you pay them only the hours that they work, they may drag it out to 40, 45 hours to get their paycheck or their paycheck and time and a half. How about employers? We start being creative and we can help people that are dealing with like uh, family care or child care too. They're saying, hey, I'm going to pay you for your 40 hours, even if you do it in 30. Um, and then maybe they'll get it done quicker. They'll go home. You'll go home. Your clients are satisfied. Your customers are satisfied. Like we just have to get creative. On top of that, we have to vote because not most Americans do not have any type of like um, paid family leave or even sick time or vacation or anything that's mandated by the state. Some do. There's some things that are happening all across the United States now, but even those are so... um even the best state plan that does uh, force companies to pay for family family leave or even sick leave, they're really not that great. They're they're it's it's a little bit here and there. We have so far to go. We're so behind. Ah, oh, drives me crazy. So please, everybody, so the HR lady doesn't lose her mind. Please vote <laughs> and make sure that we're really seriously taking care. Look at the issues that are on the ballots that are coming up to say, hey, we want to be voting on paid mandatory paid family leave. And if there's employers that are listening today that can affect this, really, really think about what we're talking about. With that said, we're going to wrap up session one here and we're going to be back in a minute uh, or tomorrow for our listeners, unless you're fast forwarding, <laughs> is to we want to be talking again about how elder care affects the workplace, but the impact on workers' lives into even more detail. And JC has some stats to share. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.